You're back. Yeah, you know, last week, last week you were a little bit off, but like it, it was fine. But you usually sound so crispy. So like if someone's used to, if you were a first time listener last week, you probably didn't notice. But if you are used to Frisian's crispy sound quality, um, it was a little bit off last week. But we're back, dude. If I feel like uh, we're a sign of the bull is, is almost like all these hacks are coming out and all these like uh, like what's the word? Just like. I can't think. What's the word for like a weak link in code? Uh, like whatever. I can't think of it. But vulnerability. Vulnerability. Yeah. Wow. I am this is a there is a supply chain vulnerability this morning. Look at me. Yeah. I know words. Yeah. Last week was uh, Open Zeppelin had a vulnerability. This week or today, like literally this morning, a massive one for Ledger. Um, I saw a tweet that was like the hacker put in a command that was like minimum drain value, and Lawrence was like. If I was a hacker that found vulnerability in the most, like in one of the largest libraries, I simply wouldn't put minimum drain value in the hack. But I'm just built differently. It's so funny. What do you think about all these hacks? Like, you think it's a like? Obviously, we don't. We you probably don't know, but like, is it coincidental? Do you think it's like a sign of like uh, more eyeballs or more degeneracy on chain? Do you think it's a, a signal that? I mean, I feel like a lot of these hacks are from like a while ago, like uh, vulnerabilities that were improperly coded a while ago, and now they're getting, you know, exploited. But I don't know what to think about all this. Still kind of fresh in the ledger one. Yeah. um, I think that uh, we just still have a lot of work to do to make the on-chain experience safe and fun. Uh, You know, We've made a lot of progress from the last bull market, but not enough. <laughs> and so um, I think you're going to continue to see, you know, um, security challenges that emerge, um, which will then be exacerbated massively as new peop- more new people come into the ecosystem. Um, yeah, like it, I think an important concept to understand is like as a Web3 user is kind of like on a high level what the stack is that you're interacting with. Like when you click a button, right on MetaMask or like on a DAP, like, like generally speaking, like what is the underlying technology stack that like, you know, pushes the transaction from your account to whatever is happening on chain. Um, and you know, and because every, every part of that stack is like potentially vulnerable to, you know, um, to security attacks that uh, could, you know, could, could have a negative effect on your account balance. So, um, you know, there, there's like the step one of on-chain security, which is like, you know, the OG like Bitcoin style, which is just like, you know, uh, don't tell anyone your seed phrase, but don't lose it. Um, and that actually in and of itself is very difficult. <laughs> and like, we're, so working on that, right, with things things like account abstraction. But then there's the, like, even if you're, you know, you're not going to lose your account, but you're also not going to give anyone else access to it, like, directly, um, you can, you know, the supply chain of, like, your hardware wallet and, which is what the ledger attack is about, to, like, uh, the front end and, like, the signing that you might do on the front of the DAP, um, to, like, whether the contract you're interacting with could be exploited um to like if it's on a chain like the chain itself could potentially be exploited like all of that is still very much in play and so 
I think he's going to actually take multiple more cycles for all of that to kind of harden. Um, it's easy to forget how much better it is today than it was, you know, <laughs> three to three to four years ago when I joined the ecosystem three years ago. Um, but it's still not good enough. And yeah, we're just, you know, um, there, there, people talk about how there's no free lunch. Um, I think, uh, I think it's very true, right? Like, you know, participating in crypto, which has sort of like a lot of upside. The only reason that it has upside is because it's really hard to, you know, and risky, right. To participate effectively. And like, that's what you're getting compensated for, right. You're, you're getting compensated for the risk you're taking by participating in crypto with additional upside. And like, that's how, that's how the universe works. (laughs) I guess it's just like how, you know, yeah, like the biological system of like human economies works, you know? Yeah. So, uh, stay, stay, stay friends. Yeah. I mean, something we would talk about internally more specifically to Dallas, but just a massive need for more education, more cool content. I mean, I'm thinking just like all the normal tech industries, traditional industries, and even some newer ones, maybe not necessarily web three, but like, I've made uh, like inroads on a lot of like the popular social platforms. I, I'm particularly thinking about like TikTok. And I know people hate it, but I think uh, for me, as someone who's thinking more on like a content zoomer side, like I'm I'm kind of waiting for, and maybe I have to do my own part. And I think we I'm going to start doing that. We're going to start doing that. Is to like make inroads with like content on platforms like TikTok and YouTube where the content itself is viral and the content itself is creating a virtuous cycle into the ecosystem. Um, which is why I got tweeted about earlier this week. Like I was at, ba- at Basil last week, which I know is like, I've seen some tweets. I think they're just clickbait of like, if you went to Basil market, the business to zero, it's a sign that the company's failing, like whatever. But so, something I took away from like a positive from Basil, from a crypto perspective is a lot of these L2s, particularly, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time with base. They're doing a a lot of of work to onboard of those creatives, those users. Those, I know it's like the meme, but like the next billion million users, um, and that's that's I feel like how we're going to do it. You know, we it's a, we talk about it all the time, and it's kind of cliche at this point, but like um, anonymizing like the crypto rails, or like you don't really know your your you know working on crypto rails, but you're still getting the magic of the ecosystem. And I think it's kind of a sign that we are. I'm saying so many cliches, but like we are early because uh, we're still like, I thought I was late, but now I'm realizing like, okay, like the next two or three cycles in the next 10 years, like most people are not going to come in with any of the knowledge that I came in with. And I'm take myself as someone who's like relatively new to the ecosystem. Um, so I think we just need to identify like, okay, what are the most important concepts and, and things and tools you need to understand? and then create content and education around that. Um, and I think one, it's just like basic pure educational content, but also like platforms that imbue that education into like the, the use case or the experience of using that platform. Kind of like friend tagged it a little bit. I think a lot of the, the primitives that are being built on base, some of the other L2s are doing that as well. Um, I think each L2 is probably positioning themselves in, in a, in different ways. I think, you know, base is on the more creative consumer side. Then you have some others with like, uh, arbitrum and optimism, uh, optimism is kind of in the middle, but arbitrum is more of like the hard DeFi side. Um, 
obviously not exclusively, but you're kind of seeing like each one position themselves in different ways. And I think people building on those, on those, uh, L2s can do a lot in thinking thoughtfully about how they're, uh, creating user experience from like an educational side. Um, obviously you have like the tech, like account abstraction and other things like that, but, um, I'm excited to see like the next year myself included, like building out some stuff on base and some, some ecosystems on base and other base particularly just cause I'm just like, that's top of mind, but I'm sure you're involved heavily in the Arbitrum DAO, which is an L2. Um, starting to get more involved in optimism and as more of the L2 start to, you know, take hold ZK sync, scroll, Tyco, et cetera. Like, um, I'm excited to see what happens there. And I think having these, not that hacks are good, but I think having these massive hacks, for instance, like Ledger being one of the main, like mainstream crypto brands happening now, I feel like hopefully you never know because we're all humans and we make mistakes, but hopefully it kind of wakes people up to, um, fixing this shit. And if you're building now, making sure like these vulnerabilities don't happen, obviously they're going to happen forever, but, um, doing your part, whatever that be for me, you know, not being a, a hardcore dev, like understanding what that is for myself and then how I interact with other people as well. So yeah, I don't know if you have anything to add to that, but I, I think that, um, I think what's going to happen this bull market is it's going to, um, there's going to be like new experiences that break through, right? Um, like friend tech is a good, a good example. I, I don't think friend tech, like actually friend tech did break out of like the crypto native crowd a little bit, uh, <laughs> particularly into like the only fans ecosystem. Um, but also, or just like the, you know, the content creator, like streaming ecosystem, but also like a few other places. Um, and you started to see kind of, new ux around that and people's expectations there right um and so i think we're just going to see that happen like over and over and over and over and over again over the next two years is basically like new apps are going to launch and then people both crypto natives and non-crypto natives are going to ape in and like we're going to find out we're we're kind of in the like the the improvement of like the user experience and the safety is kind of migrating from like the land of theory to the land of practice. Right. And we're going to see which UXs stick the, the most, um, which ones are able to like, you know, remain safe over time. Um, and there's going to be a bit of like a, an empirical like process, right. <laughs> Survival of the fittest that happens. Um, yeah. Uh, as, as we move forward. Um, so yeah. Um, one thing we're, we're starting to see too, uh, is, is kind of like DAO stuff pick back up. Um, I think, you know, uh, that same concept of like, um, opening up new, like meta experiences that, you know, people can kind of like come into quickly. Right. And improving the UX around that will apply to DAO participation as well. Maybe that's something that you can, think about like that you'll be thinking about Tommy, you know, as far as like content goes, right. It's like, but how do we expose kind of like DAO participation to people who are on the fringes and want to come into the experience, but do it in a way that is and contribute to a DAO, but do it in a way that is like safe and a good experience. Um, one, one interesting example of that, that I actually, um, wanted to talk about a little bit this week is this proposal in the Uniswap DAO called Delegation of Uni to Active but Underrepresented Delegates. Um, and the like the TLDR on this is basically like uh, the 
the Uniswap DAO treasury um, has a lot of uni tokens in it that don't participate in governance. Um, and so there's sort of like uh, this latent governance power. And the the Uniswap DAO is like one of the earliest, is kind of like a DeFi t- summer era DAO, right? So it's kind of older at this point. And there's quite a few folks who are, I think, just like prominent in the ecosystem at the time who people delegated to who don't currently participate in governance or actually never really did. And so it's led to sort of like a decline in participation in the Uniswap DAO and challenges reaching quorum. And so uh, there's like this new, you know, initiative where um, the Uniswap DAO is, they're using tech, uh, something called Franchiser, which is a contract that allows like a bunch of tokens basically to be loaded into a contract and then delegated out um, to, you know, multiple delegates. And so Stable Lab, um, shout out due at Stable Lab, um, who's an awesome DAO governance contributor put together this proposal and kind of um, sourced from the community delegates who had already been active in the Uniswap DAO, but then, um, but, but, you know, were kind of underrepresented in terms of the voting power and then pushed through this proposal to actually move, uh, you know, some of this latent voting power to, uh, you know, to these delegates via franchiser. Um, And like this, if you think about this, right, there's kind of like an onboarding path, right? It's like Uniswap. Okay, this is a big Web3 brand, right? Um, you know, how do I get in, How can I, you know, participate in Uniswap, right? It's like, well, you can, you know, trade uh, dog with hat. I don't, know, I don't know if you've seen that dog with hat uh, coin. Or <laughs> actually, I think that's on Solana. So yeah, I don't think you can use Uniswap to do it. But anyway, uh, you could trade, trade dog with hat, with hat coin. Or you could, you know, uh, figure out how to, uh, you know, get involved in the actual, like, you know, open source development of the project and the ecosystem around it. And that's what the the DAO is for, right? And so you kind of create this path where it's like, okay, I can see if I just start participating, right? I start voting. I start participating in governance. Then there's this path, like, via this, like, franchiser or underrepresented kind of delegate contribution to gain more influence in the DAO over time, right? It's like... When I think about that, it's like DAOs are ultimately one of these key paths, right? Where it's like not everyone is a trader. Um, I don't think it makes sense for everyone who comes into the ecosystem to just like get their start speculating, right? Um, and DAOs are kind of this like key way to bring people in who who want to get involved on a different layer, right? Than pure speculation. And you kind of like, yeah, we need to create these like good UX onboarding paths for doing that and then like market them effectively right so that's kind of how i think that that whole idea applies to DAOs. yeah i think i think it's twofold right you have that which is i feel like a little bit farther down the just crypto uh like onboarding process right that's assuming people are on chain not assuming but like it's for the people that are on chain kind of like familiar with the ecosystem as a whole <laughs> i feel like DAOs are kind of the end of not the end, but like farther down the spectrum of, of on-chain user. And I think it's just top of mind because I was at Basel and they were doing a lot of like IRL physical activation of like bringing people who, I mean, it was a very creative focused group of people, but it's like, okay. And I, but I feel like for me, maybe I'm just close to that, but it's how do we bring that very vibrant functioning art, creative marketing community that is, already leaning towards like the ecosystem we know and love and we know they'll love it. It's like, well, hey, okay, how do we onboard them into the system? And I think DAOs are, are that or community 
it is the same thing. Like on-chain communities are that are that way. So like the the base house did a, a lot of like really cool activations where you're you're having IRL events and physical meet space events, which is what I think a lot of people yearn for. Like yeah, we all work remote and we like the flexibility of working remote and being, you know, having our own lives. But also I think we all like, as humans yearn for interaction and like physical face-to-face interaction, which is why I think whenever we all go to conferences, yeah, we're tired, but we love it and we keep going back. So it's like, how do you infuse everything you just talked about, Frisian, but, you know, kind of bring it to like a, a first principles perspective of like, okay, well, how do we get you from zero to one? And then once we're at the one, then we, we start thinking, you know, about all those different styles of like community activation and, and, and franchising people into actually feeling like their, their vote and, and participation matters in the DAO. And I think it's, there's just a lot of room to experiment there with, every style of industry um especially because the the tech's like pretty much there in terms of like metamask and, and wallet supports way easier on your phone um like a lot of people are doing a lot of different like test flight apps on ios and android to get people involved so i'm excited to see like with the denver coming up dev connect in in the, in the summer and then the rest of the year like taking people from zero to one and then having those deep, you know, gigabrain chats about, you know, actually, you know, organizational structure, how do we activate the community itself? I think there's just a lot of work to be done outside of just the traditional uh, airdrop people tokens and get them involved in the DAO. It's like, okay, how do we build out that base of users who are actually getting the airdrop? And, and speculation or like the, the financial incentive, like, okay, like the, uh, airdrop from Solana last week. That was like very easy for me to pitch people on because like, oh wow, like the, you spend a fifty dollars minimum on that chain and you got ten thousand dollar airdrop. Like that's very easy to pitch somebody, but that's not sustainable long term. Um, so it's like, okay, well, how do we tie in the value prop of like this is why it's important or this is why you will benefit from joining these communities, joining these DAOs um, versus just active like living in the physical meat space and not the the online meat the online world um so i'm thinking a lot about that um which i think is just naturally the way like what i'm working on with marketing and and content versus what you're working on with like growth growing the the on-chain ecosystem providing more value capturing more value etc so um i'm excited to see like all of that intertwine i think like you said, we've had a lot of like heady gigabrain writing theory stuff in the past couple of years, especially because it was a bear. Um, and I, th- I think we're going to start to see that start to get applied to real life and hopefully see. Um, I think we all agree, like if you're listening to this, DAOs are poised for like a massive breakout. Um, well, that starts with making more. So I'm excited. Yeah, I think the just to bridge to like a, a, a key topic this week. Um, one, one thing that I don't like about this points meta is in this for people who haven't seen, right? Like um, projects are doing almost like a pre airdrop campaign where they're like, you know, you can accrue points by using our app. Right. Um, and then, you know, wink, wink, like without saying it out loud, that will probably translate to an airdrop at some point is it, it doesn't, like, I think the important part about, like, getting the community involved in your app prior to launching some kind of DAO or decentralized governance is that you're 
helping people learn how to contribute, not developing some sort of like codependent behavior with users where they're like using your app expecting some sort of financial reward i think it actually primes like the wrong behaviors right um and the 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 DAOs that will be have the most success or like the protocols will have the most success bringing like more people into their ecosystem that you know last and stick around through the cycles are ones that focus on like here's what the opportunity is to like get involved and actually add value, right? At least to some degree versus like, uh, yeah, like <laughs> some kind of like, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, explicitly financialized, like, um, or I guess implicitly <laughs> financialized points program. Um, yeah. So that, that's something that I think about a lot is like, how can we, how can we like, yeah, design this kind of like DAO onboarding system to, um, to encourage like the right behaviors that lead to sustainable onboarding over time. Yeah, I agree. We gotta, we gotta cook up. So this week, I feel like this is the one week where we could just talk for another 20 minutes, but, uh, we gotta, we gotta cook up. So this week, so we're going to wrap this thing up. Um, CSU will be back with us next week. Next week, we're going to do our end of the year. Dow talk spectacular. We'll go through the year in Dallas year in tally, um, kind of recap everything. We'll have some written content around that as the year wraps up. Um, that will probably be our last episode of Dow talk season two. Then we'll, we'll launch season three, which we have a lot of, lot of really cool things coming. Um, bringing on some help for that as well. So look forward to, uh, Dow talk season three, along with maybe some live episodes or live streamed episodes, maybe at Denver or some other conference. Conferences, and then uh, bringing on some of the the DAO talk community listeners, maybe have them on as guests on the show in the coming months. But it's been a good year. Um, feel like the bears wrapping up. Maybe this bear this bear podcast is no longer a bear podcast. Feel like a bull podcast coming up. So make sure you're subscribed to the town newsletter. It's linked below. DAO talk newsletter is there as well, which has been a little bit of a hiatus. Um, yeah, we'll see you next week for episode. 67 this has been episode 66 frigian it's always an honor my friend peace peace